Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. I am your host, Johnny Maria Gresta, and I'm a multiple six-figure entrepreneur, registered dietitian, personal trainer, and business coach. This podcast is your weekly dose of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development, and business growth mixed all in one. Because as you grow as a human, so does your impact and your income. My mission is to change the health and happiness of society, and I'm beyond excited to have you here. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. This is your host, Johnny Agresta, and today I have one of the most beautiful humans on. As always, you guys know that I'm very particular about who I bring on and into my space and into the space of helping you guys grow your business, grow the health industry, and really make your mark. So today we have Nicole Mejia. If you are not familiar with her, um, we'll give you all the details about how to follow her afterwards, but she has been on such a beautiful personal journey growth and has built a massive, massive, massive following. And as she's been pivoting, she has taken us along on her journey from being a nursing student to a model. She's now an influencer on Instagram. For a while, she created the Get Fit and Thick movement where she coached thousands of women across the country on how to properly nourish themselves and balance their life with fitness. She was creator of the Lully app, which is a combination of plant-based eating, workouts, and mental health healing. And then now she holds beautiful women's retreats all across the country to inspire, and world actually, to inspire true connection, love, and inner healing. So today on the podcast, we are going to talk about how to pivot in life, bring your following with you, still show up authentically, grow your business, and really make a mark in the health industry. So with that being said, welcome, Nicole. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for that amazing intro. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Hello, everyone. Yay. Um, So yeah, so one thing that I wanted to avoid when introducing you was just focusing on like follower count and metrics and stuff like that. But I think it is very noteworthy to note that Nicole has over a million followers just on Instagram alone and Um, one of the biggest things that I know my audience struggles with, I know a lot of you struggle with is really going on this spiritual journey, really going on this personal development journey and knowing how to show up throughout throughout a lot of that. And a lot of my following, a lot of you here are in this place of just starting your businesses or in the beginning stages. So to build a following while you're trying to figure out what life is and what is going on in this world in 2021 no less <laughs> is the world you most- give yourselves a round of applause for even attempting that feat i will say it's I hard totally yeah a hundred percent um so nicole if you want to talk a little bit about um who you are what you do fill in any holes and then we can go through our conversation yeah yeah i mean i This is going to sound like super cheesy, but first and foremost, human. And I think that that's like the most important thing to ground into when you're on a personal development journey, when you're on a spiritual journey is like, there's this expectation, I suppose, of like needing to be this grandiose thing or this enlightened thing. Um, 
And so I'm like constantly just like grounding myself in the human experience and like, you know, just I'm a human, just just like everyone else going through this thing, trying to figure it out, trying to share where I feel like it could add value um, and protect and keep what I feel like I need to protect and keep for myself, which I feel like there's a lot of business wisdom there, too, you know, because I think that social media is the vehicle is visibility right and kind of deciding what elements of your personal journey you want to share is is super important but yeah um that was a little tangent there um human first um i'm also a personal trainer um i'm super big on body mechanics and proper movement patterns um I fitness is like my first love, my first passion. It's what got me into a personal growth journey. The body is like a really great uh, window into the deeper parts of ourselves. So I always tell my girls like movement every day can do more for you. Like, you know, it's like passive personal development. It can do so, so much for you instead of like feeling like you need to go study all these systems and read all these books, like just moving every day is huge. Um, and yeah, uh, entrepreneur and, um, actually going to get into massage therapy next year. That's like the next phase of my journey. And guitar player. And guitar player, musician. Yeah. I'm, I'm a closet artist. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And th- thank you for sharing that. I love the human first. Yeah. Always. And one of my intentions is to help people in the health industry look at their clients as humans and before this nicole and i were talking about the medical system and being in um uh you know a clinical facility hospitals nursing homes things like that and i personally felt that one of the biggest things that was missing from the healthcare industry was like humanness (laughs) like there was just such a lack of a sense of humans and empathy right Yeah. yeah yeah Because women are, I mean, not women, nurses are just like workhorses. Yeah. You don't have a lot of downtime to like be able and space to like connect. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that goes for teachers as well, especially right now. It goes for any like high achieving, like type A kind of perfectionist mentality. And especially over 2020, people have been finally starting to awaken into the sense of like, what am I doing? Like, no, seriously, what am I doing this for? Hmm. You know? And um, I'm interested to know, because we have a lot of like uh, health professionals, like I said, on here, a lot of people in that area, a lot of dietitians too are like, I sh- should I go back just to do nursing? Because I'm not really liking uh, being a dietitian. And um, I'm curious to know what your experience was like in that facility or in that you know realm of your life versus now yeah um i will say that i think anything that you are going to do with your life you need to be like internally called to Mm -hmm. and i was internally called to help humans i knew that from a very young age but nursing um, was, I was dating a firefighter at the time and his mom was a nurse. And so he was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. Like, should I go back to school? I don't know. And he was like, just go to nursing school. My mom's a nurse. She loves it. She loves to help people. Like that's a line. And so from the get, 
it was something that was someone else's idea of what I should do. Mm. Um, and just being in it very early on, I mean, recognizing that there wasn't a lot of nutritional um, education, which I understand, you know, Western medicine is more like acute care. And it is treating symptoms more than anything rather than getting to the root. Um, but I just, I don't know, there was always something that felt a little misaligned, but I love novelty. So in the beginning I was like, this is cool. This is fun. Making new friends, new experience. And then I got to this, the same, the second to last rotation was pediatrics and, uh, psychiatric ward. And that was so emotionally taxing to me. First of all, seeing um, these humans in a psychiatric facility is really difficult to see because they're taken out like cattle twice a day to like stretch their legs. They look forward to smoke breaks more than anything because it's when they get to go outside for a little bit and take a deep breath, you know, like, have you ever seen someone smoke? It's the deepest breath they've taken all day because we're not taught how to use the breath, the power of the heart, the life force, like what? It's just crazy. Um, and then I was also doing the pediatrics that same semester and had a patient who was a complete, he was just completely on life support, had in, in the eight weeks that I was seeing him twice a week, not one person came to visit him. And it was just like, not, it just, it just wasn't the type of environment that I felt like my energy and my desire to help people was going to be met with reciprocity from the patient you know, because in order to truly help someone, they have to want to help themselves, you know, ain't no savior, ain't no room for savior mentality out here, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, I dropped that and actually had started modeling at the time. So that was like a path that, you know, a new thing to explore. Um, and so dropped out of nursing school. And then shortly after that started my business, which was fitness classes, you know, women who wanted to change their bodies, wanted to change their life and their minds and elected to come and invest their time and their, and their resources, you know, into the classes. Yeah, that's beautiful. I agree with the, there ain't no room for savior mentality here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and in any profession where we help people, it's very it can be easy to fall into that cycle of they are my responsibility. And like when someone's in a hospital, like there, there's a certain level of responsibility. And as a coach, there's a certain level of responsibility, but it's up to them to, to take the action. And when you are in a clinical facility and when I used to go like on wound rounds, which like pressure ulcers, for those of you who don't know, is just, um, eventually turns into a hole in your body where you can see bone um, and it's from lack of movement lack of proper nutrition um, two mo two main things and two main things that are lacking in healthcare and when you go on wound rounds and you have a team of 10 clinicians walking in in lab coats not saying good morning or maybe saying like good morning and that's it and then turn around and let's dress your wound and let's look at the hole typically on the butt area 
it's very invasive and demeaning exactly it's very demeaning and i was just like this is not okay and then you expect me to go back and talk to the patient and i don't have their trust they're not really sure what's going on no one's saying anything to them and you want me to help somebody who can't trust me i don't have enough time to gain their trust i'm just a little girl in a lab coat (laughs) and that the lack of actual healing that is not available like in our western medical society is um, just detrimental to us and I, I think that I would love to hear your experience of like what that transition was like and maybe any like backlash or you know anything that happened during that time maybe what was the hardest part because I know that there are a lot of people who are looking to transition at this point and yeah very difficult when you see these things and you're like red flag red flag red flag but you're like how do i just go into the unknown yeah yeah wow what a story and i I never really thought about it in terms of like gaining the trust of the patient which which is the human quality right that we were talking about like yeah so much there um as far as making a transition i mean I've always been someone that's very internally guided from like an emotional standpoint. Like my guidance system is very emotional. Like I can, and energetic, like I can feel when something has is expired. You know what I'm trying to say? Does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So just felt wrong. It felt like it wasn't fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, just like in a relationship, once a relationship gets to that point, um, communicate the needs. And if the needs can't get met for whatever reason, then it's time to part ways. And you can't really sit down with the nursing uh, industry as a whole and be like, these are my needs. Okay. Um, So yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I have a history of dealing with mental health issues. Um, actually a a story that I've never told. Um, when I was 18, I was Baker acted deeply depressed. And when I went to nursing school, my psych rotation, I went to the same exact psych ward that I was Baker acted in. And I don't know, just seeing it, seeing it from the outside and realizing that like, whatever I used whatever tools I used to get out of that deeply depressed and untooled, unsupported place. Mm. I did not pick them up in that place. I don't remember one nurse in my entire journey there. I don't remember my psychiatrist. I don't remember the psychologist. I, I don't. Um, and so realizing that and being in it from the other perspective, I was like, this isn't, this isn't it. And luckily I had already started sharing my life and my journey on social media. So I had an easy pathway and, and like somewhat of, of a um, uh, sure footing that, you know, I could, I could make this a viable um, revenue stream for myself, but 
for me, I'm like kind of the person that just like rips the bandaid and like pivots. I know some people need to keep working a job while they brainstorm and start to build something else. So I think it really has to do with like how you thrive and whether you thrive in pressure or whether you shut down in pressure. That's a huge thing for people who are looking to make a pivot to ask themselves, are you the person like who has a deadline and at the fucking fourth quarter, you're like, like coming alive, coming up with crazy ideas, like hyper focus. Cause if you're that person, you might be able to just be like, you know what, this isn't aligned. And I know that making the split decision will give me the pressure and the short time span to figure something else out, which is what I did. I was just like, I'm going to just like start influencing and I'm going to, you know, go down that path. And, and for me, it was really a validating experience of uh, putting my truth out there, which at the time was just like learning to love my body and having that reflected back to me through women who were genuinely on that same journey too. And we're going through the same things and like that, you know, we build trust. Um, and once you build trust with people, you can drop classes, go on tours, make an apparel line, come out with courses. And that trust is already built for you to, you know, start the business. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and sharing a story that you've never really talked about. Um, I was going to ask you what was your like motivating factor to even just want to help people, but I figured it would come out. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you would like to add to that? The motivating factor to help people. Is that something that you've pinpointed in yourself? Yes. Um, I lost my dad when I was five to a massive heart attack. Okay. And I didn't know that trauma existed and I didn't cry until like two years ago about it, but I was able to see the lack of self-responsibility my family like talked about in the health world. They were just like, well, it's in his genetics. And it was, my grandfather died before the age of 40 and my great grandfather and my dad smoked. And my dad kept my dad kept gaining and losing the same weight. I think also at a point he was on steroids as well. I don't know much about him. My family doesn't talk about him as much. Mm-hmm. And I was very young. Oh. But um I just I saw that my family was just blaming. Blaming on this arbitrary heart disease that just is carried in genetics. And then I about gene expression then I learned about prevention of chronic disease wow (laughs) what a concept yeah what (laughs) and I'm the type of person who's just very good at anything I do Um, I'm a classical musician I played a lot of different instruments so like anything I put my mind to I think anybody can be but that was something that I always just was like I knew so I was good at science I was like let's do this thought I was going to be a doctor Um, I actually had an eating disorder at the time, which I didn't know. Um, And so my desire was to help people also change their nutrition. Um, And that was a whole undiagnosed journey because I was of quote unquote normal weight. Um, And then it just kind of progressed from there in terms of the layers of human health that I wanted to help with. 
Um, but I, I think that my deep rooted struggle in growing up without a father and never wanting to see another daughter go without their father like just that vision of a daughter even having their father is something that like is very triggering for me and get very jealous about mm -hmm. um but even the inverse of I don't want anybody to have to go through that experience mm -hmm. and so that was one of my biggest motivating factors from wow. just like a deeply rooted thing yeah. yeah yeah okay well thank you so much for sharing that yeah and I'm so happy to hear that you are on the path of grieving I mm. and, and, and healing that part of yourself. It's so interesting how we can lose something and like, because it's so normal in our upbringing, not even realize that there is like a wound there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I suppose, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a deep feeler. I'm a, I'm an empathizer. Um, now on my journey, I realized that <laughs> empathy being, um, what's the word that everyone uses? An empath? Empath. empath. Um, being overly empathetic is also a sign of no emotional boundaries and codependency, which I did not realize. Um, and as a child, just there were not a lot of boundaries in my family system and um, alcoholism, eating disorders were part of one part of one side of my lineage. And yeah, just like, I guess I've always been a feeler could always feel people, always felt responsible to help people. Um, and so I think it maybe came out of a place of, of uh, an unhealthy place at first, like this savior complex, as we talked about before, like I know best I can help people because I can feel their pain. That means that I'm responsible to alleviate their pain. Um, but now I am trying to come about it more from from a healthier place from a healed place mm -hmm. um so yeah but but i think in terms of mental health uh when you know it was predominantly fitness and nutrition that we were trying to help women with and then in 2017 i went to costa rica and i had not processed um my depression that i went through 10 years prior when i was baker active and I had this amazing experience where I'm sitting in Costa Rica in the farmlands of Costa Rica and Limon, staying at these people's house that live in a, in a home built with plastic bags and sticks and, and no running water, no toilet, no electricity. And these people are living off the land with their family, three generations, and they're like, happier than most people I knew in my day to day. And this was a time when I was like beeline to like making lots of money and being famous. And, you know, it, it was a lot about helping people, but it was also self-serving in, in a lot of ways, my journey at first. And had this experience where I'm on this mission trip, building these homes, connecting with these people. And then we took the trip to another location and like started integrating and processing what we had just gone through. 
And I finally, 10 years, almost to the month, um, processed mm. what happened to me and, you know, gave emotional, uh, owned the emotions, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment. Um, I, I owned all that and I felt all of that. And then it became about like, my mission became more about like, oh, wow, like there's something to this, you know, like these traumas that we've been through, they influence, influence us in such a deep way. And in order for me to like truly love myself, I need to process and meet this part of myself. And so then it became more about mental health and more of a spiritual journey. Um, and, and definitely more in a, I would say, healthier, more balanced way. Yeah, thank you for that. That's a beautiful story of your experience of realizing that the things that you defined your life by and your success by really, in the grand scheme of things, is not a necessary way to live. We can choose to live in that way and we can love things, but... Um, it, it sounds very humbling to realize that everything that you were chasing was just like, well, these people have like literally have nothing that I think is going to make me happy and make you kind of question everything. Yeah. Yeah. That, that things obviously, you know, ease life and money makes life easier for sure. And it's necessary. Yeah. Um, but it's not everything. You know, it's not everything. And, and on that quest of like needing to be the center star and needing to achieve all of this success without being grounded in real reciprocal relationships, yeah. um, it's flat, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, it's not as, as rich as living a life with little money and deep, deep rooted relationships I have found through my journey. Yeah, thank you for that. I think it's very eye-opening for a lot of my listeners who's, you know, you, you start business to really help. Like, oh, this sounds great. And the idea of money is great. And then either, for me, my journey online was just massive skyrocketing. And um, I came to a point where I, I had to lose everything in mm. order to realize that that way of going about the income that way of going about the growth was not deeply aligned yes. and it caused me if I hadn't lost everything I wouldn't have realized I, I kind of explained it like I felt like a naked onion like the inside of the onion <laughs> girl you are speaking to me right now <laughs> you know like all of like I was in the process of like a bunch of ego deaths and just yes, myself that I attached myself to, but like that business growth, when I coach people on how to grow their business was, uh, it sucked royally and was beautiful. And the naked onion Johnny came out and I was like, I feel like me for the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you just said onion. I literally, my community and I 
we joke about the fact that this journey is literally peeling an onion. And we've all joked about like getting little onion tattoos to like represent this. <laughs> like people get like a spiral, people get like a lotus and we're like, nah, we're gonna get onions. <laughs> like, Cause it'd be like that, that shit makes you cry. But onions are the base for so many amazing dishes, you know, like they're just in there. Like we need to do this work if we want to live aligned lives. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're, what you just described, it sounds so on par with what I have experienced in my life. Like Fit and Thick, my first business was, it was a joke. I was just like, hey guys, just created this shirt and like sell out in five minutes, you know? Hey guys, I'm going to do this tour. I'm thinking about going to New York, sell out in an hour, you know? And, and, but it wasn't coming from here. You know, it wasn't coming from like the center of my being. And I'm grateful for that experience because it shows me what I am capable of and that anything is capable. Um, but I needed to lose it all too. I needed to like go through the full roller coaster and, and experience the breakdown so that I could come through the breakthrough, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So absolutely feel you on that one. Yeah. I feel like it's an area of success, whatever monetary layer it is at, it's all relative, right? I feel like people don't talk about it, especially business coaches. Um, and it's either, there's, the, there's always conversations happening and both of them can be right and both of them are wrong, right? It depends on your own experience. Um, rather than just looking at everything and, and questioning it, right? Um, one side, it's like, well, you shouldn't market based off of money. You shouldn't want that amount of money. It's not <laughs> spiritual. And then there's the other side of like, well, you're, you know, as your impact grows, your income grows. And that's something that I like to teach more so focusing on the impact and um, whatever amount of income is, you know, ideal for you it just has to be true for you but there's like this like kind of conversation that people are just like bashing each other and it's just I think it's just the wrong conversation I think conversation is same thing in like health it's just like you know lose weight don't lose weight <laughs> love your body if you try and change it you don't love your body and just this like confusingness even with uh, COVID now and everything with that like it's just, I think it's just the wrong conversation, like helping people just come back to themselves oh. and allowing their life to blossom from that place often looks like you have to experience the loss of what you were attached to. Absolutely. Because you fight to hold on to that. You fight to hold on to some sort of truth. You fight to hold on to this place of like grounding, but it's not actually grounding, you know? Comfort. Yeah. Comfort, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I think that if you, you know, to your listeners and to myself, because I'm constantly reminding myself of this, if you want to live an aligned life and you're going to ask the universe to be aligned with coaches and clients and partners and opportunities that are aligned, you have to be prepared to let other things die. And not only other things, other relationships, other projects, narratives that you hold about yourself, mm -hmm. about money, about whatever, you know, whatever it is that, that is limited there, but also 
yeah, part old identities, you know, old ways of, of the way that you used to present. And, and I, and I'll say like, let me not get too preachy because I struggle with this on the regular, you know, I built my following being predominantly body focused and success focused. My success was very outward. Um, and now that I'm on a different path that is inward, clearly it's more vulnerable. Um, and it's not for everyone. And the people that followed me for my body, because I don't post my body a fraction, not even like, I mean, I post my body once in a blue. Um, and it's not to garnish what it used to be validation, you know, um, it's because I'm feeling myself in the moment and I want to exude that, you know, which is how social media should be. It's how it used to be in the beginning before it became a numbers game. But yeah, it's, it's a struggle to stay connected to the center and stay so rooted in the center that when you show up authentically online, you're not swayed by the lack of followers, likes, comments, engagement, because we, social media, it, it actually goes against like the, the, the way social media is set up. It's set up to run on that, you know? So, um, but what I will say is that when you do show up that way as yourself, the few connections that you will make are so deep. Mm. If, if like, if I'm showing up and I'm talking about mental health and my struggle with mental health and how I, you know, presenting the problem and then offering a simple solution, a takeaway for that person who's listening and they put that takeaway into action and they experience a shift in their life. That connection is so deep and transformational. You know, it's not like, Hey, I love these leggings, go buy these leggings, you know, which may make me more money in the beginning, you know, initially, but that trust that you build with that person and the way that you're able to connect with them, like in their fucking soul, mm -hmm. um, it lasts longer, you know? And, and like you said, it's more impact. Yeah. And I think that even to speak deeper to that, we can't expect our marketing to connect or our business to grow authentically or with the right clients that we are meant to help without doing that work on ourselves. We cannot expect to connect if we're not connected to ourselves. And we make marketing and social media just so complicated <laughs> because of overconsumption and getting further from ourselves and like you said looking at metrics and i found something interesting that you talked about a few weeks ago of how you kept checking your story views and how no matter how high or low it was it was just never enough and it was like I don't know if you use the word an obsession for me, it's definitely been that. And I'm just interested to know um, if you can talk a little bit more about that because I'm not sure if people, you know, know yeah. that and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually gonna save that as a highlight if anyone wants to go back and look at it. But I was just talking, so I took, okay, context. I, social media is an addiction. I mean, it, it plays on our dopamine receptors. It is, is, is an addiction. Um, 
or I suppose somewhere that we go to achieve a, a feeling or result within ourselves, right? So I, I became aware of this several months ago and I was in a transition. I feel like I've been in a transition for years. So I don't, <laughs> I'm just like always kind of shedding here, but um, realized that it was becoming this place where I was like disconnecting from myself, disassociating from myself. And like my, because my dopamine receptors were being hit, felt like I was getting a lot done, but like really wasn't tangibly getting anything done and like moving the needle forward in my life and having the hard conversations with myself, sitting in the mud of myself. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? And actually my dad got diagnosed with cancer around that time. So I was like, I just need to like focus on myself and my family and the things that really matter. Got off social media for almost four months. And when I came back, I was like, ah, hello everyone. <laughs> I have been reborn. <laughs> And I'm grateful that I did that social media detox because it taught me a number of things. Number one, you're so scared you're gonna miss shit. Everyone's still doing the same shit. Like if you take a break from social media to work on yourself and you put those one, two, three, four hours a day that you're on social media on yourself, mm. you can grow so much and then come back and share it with what, you know, with your social media. So I learned that no one's really doing anything different. And I've experienced all this growth in this time away. Um, it also gave me the contrast of like how I feel without social media in my life. And then how I feel constantly like that constant anxiety yeah. of needing to connect, share, give, make a sale. You know, you know what I'm talking about, that feeling. So when I came back, I had a, better relationship with it. And then I found that I was slipping back into old patterns. Mm -hmm. And so I, that was what that story was about. Like, yo, I'm, I'm literally back where I was before I took the fucking break. Like, do I need to go to extremes all or nothing? Or can I find a way to rework my relationship with the thing? Right. Cause we can look at social media as bad, or we can say, maybe it's my relationship to the thing that needs to be reworked. So I just, put it out there as like, to be real, <laughs> just to like be real. And I know that so many people deal with it. So just to like validate other people's experiences too, because it's not something that's typically talked about, um, that we've become obsessed. It's become a place of checking out of our lives, mm -hmm. checking out of uncomfortable places. Mm -hmm. It's such an easy place to feel good or to feel bad. Um, but it doesn't, it just takes energy and time away from, you know, working on yourself. So I just told my following that I'm no longer checking who's watching my stories or how many stories I get. I'm also checking myself on, and this speaks to like what you just said about marketing from a centered place. When I want to share, when I get the impulse to share, is it coming from here? Or is it coming from lack? Mm -hmm. Am I needing validation? Am I needing other people to tell me how great I am? Or am I coming from a place of being full within myself, having this overflow and being able to share from that space? Um, and, you know, if I share and I'm feeling like 
I need that validation, I'm not gonna check my messages because it only feeds that problem. If I'm feeling that lack, it's a sign for me to get off of social media and reconnect to myself. And you find, you know, a lot of people get stressed out about, I don't know what to share, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say. Just get off social media, go meditate, go for a walk, and you'd be surprised. You find that you have wisdom to share as soon as you connect to yourself. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> we are back. I will do my best to take all of that out. But if you notice some funky stuff, it's because we had to get off the of Zoom and get back on. But here we are. So we were talking about um, relationship with social media and mental health and deeper levels of health and deeper layers of marketing, right? So Nicole, my question to you is, what would you recommend for those who are number one, just starting out or, you know, like in the beginning stages of their business who heavily rely on showing up on social media um, to, you know, for income, essentially, who can't necessarily take a step back, who are maybe trying to get out of their job and, you know, have a deadline or something of that nature. How, what would you go back and like tell your younger self around that? Boundaries. I would just um, try to teach myself the lesson that in order to give from a place of fullness and integrity, I have to make time to connect to myself. You know, making, making, giving yourself hours that you go online, you know, whether it's three times a day for half an hour, three times a day for an hour, if you have a lot of, you know, DMs or comments or whatever, batching content, mm-hmm. batching content for sure. Um, and And, you know, what I've found is that the community, your community will take your lead. The people that you want in your community will take your lead and will respect your flow as long as you're consistent with it. So if you're only going online twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, they're going to start to notice that pattern and and respect it, you know? Um, But taking time every day with my phone on airplane mode is essential to my mental health just like no radiation or minimum radiation coming out of my phone, like being in nature at least twice a week. And I'm talking like nature, nature, like grounding, earthing, um, being surrounded by trees and putting my phone on airplane mode while I'm out there. Yeah, just like making more time and like breaking up with the, the notion that I always have to be sharing mm-hmm. um yeah yeah I agree I think that also it's the same thing it's either like you 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 always have two options you can either take away the thing the relationship mm-hmm. the the business or whatever it is or change your relationship to it and like you said when you cannot um change your relationship to it and still meet your needs like nursing did not do for you um that's you know a surefire way to tell and sometimes you might have to you know fully take off for me I do from Friday after about 5 p.m until Monday morning like no phone 
at all. Like, no, no, I don't live, I live in Texas right now. My family's in New York and I'm just like, Hey, text my husband. Like no one ever actually needs me, <laughs> but if you do, you got him, <laughs> you know? And even it's not even social media. It's just the phone in general. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is such a big thing. And, um, yeah. And obviously social media as well. But, um, again, like either change your relationship to the thing or remove the thing. It's the same with the scale. It's the same thing with anything yeah. which on. You either yeah. take the thing away until you can come back in a healthier way, if ever, if you ever want to weigh yourself, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I think that's such a deeply rooted concept that we don't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think it can also be a driving force for people who maybe want to pivot into a specific area, like really looking at, or are, are in the middle of a transition, like what do you need to let go in mm -hmm. order to step into this new version of you or this expanded version of you? I don't think it's new, but it's just like a, a building thing, like a pyramid or an expanded onion or I don't know, whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> An onion lotus, <laughs> which would be a blooming onion actually. Yeah. If, if we're being technical, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. What would you say, to people who are listening to this who are on a health journey. Obviously, we're all on a health journey, I believe. Um, life journey, health journey. Um, but yeah, what would you say to, to them regarding any sort of boundaries in their life? And um, what has been most impactful for you to really, when you feel your healthiest, whatever that looks like in that moment? Mm -hmm. I would say that... Just like success, health can look different for everyone. Mm. And that part of the journey of life, I think, is discovering, it's sampling and discovering what healthy looks like and feels like for you. Mm. I know that when I'm my healthiest, it has nothing to do with my body, even though, listen, we all like to look good. We all like to look good, but I'm more tapped in at this point to how I feel. And I can tell you that back when I looked like, well, back when I had 14% body fat and I was super lean, I had major acne issues. I had my hormones. I wasn't getting a period. I was incredibly imbalanced. And many of the influencers who are super lean are also struggling with that. It's just not they're not all talking about it but it, it is it is something that happens behind the curtain um but but i've noticed that consistency for me and sticking to a few habits every single day or often for example a daily walk mm -hmm. um working out a few times a week with weights yoga a few times a week uh, meditation daily greens with almost every meal mm -hmm. um you know, these like basic fundamental things that are not part of the healthcare system, but definitely should be, but no one can make a profit from it. But anyways, we won't get too deep into that. Um, yeah, like I've noticed that my body changes when I do those things, but I feel, it's how I feel. And even if my body isn't changing, I feel good and strong. And I think that's what I like, it's like the most fundamental thing that I try to help people who do my programs with is like, just pick the few habits that 
work for you. And don't feel like you need to subscribe to my view of health. And that actually, just like spiritual systems, personal development systems, health systems, diet systems, sample them, try them, because that's the exact framework that worked for one person or a group of people. But we're all genetically different and experientially different. So you may cherry pick you know, mindfulness meditation from this person's program and then cherry pick pescatarianism from, you know, and it's just like figuring out what works best for you and like feeling empowered in that. Mm, I love that. I feel like we are just taught, follow the science, which Hmm. not talking about like now, but just as dietitians, as personal trainers and Number one, there's science to support many opposing views. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and interpretations, interpret how you interpret the data, right? It's mm-hmm. what you're measuring, how you're measuring it, mm. the very controlled environment that you think you can take a recommendation from a very controlled environment and apply it to a human in 2021 <laughs> is mm. baffling to me. There's yeah. no human connection between science and um like actually like implementation and living Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's hard to study that's why you can't freaking make a study off of that dynamic yeah it's too dynamic it's too changing and um i think even as health can look different on everybody else Health looks different at different stages yes, of God. your life. Yes, yes. Business looks so different at different stages of your life, and it's all leading you to the most beautiful space. Yes. And it's so hard at times when you are so attached to that thing. Like for years, I was attached to being a certain body fat percentage and also not having my period. Um, <laughs> And just, you know, all of these things that people knew me as that person. I'd marketed myself for years. I had so many clients, thousands of clients following me for years being that person. And I had to lose all of that in order for me to understand that love for your body was not attached to love. Like love itself is inherently unconditional. You either have love and it's there or you're not talking about love, you know, and it can't be a conditional way of loving and I had to learn that about my body and to love like me as a human to lose the parts of myself right that Mm. um, you attach yourself to when you're a certain body fat percentage and stuff like that and I think when the influencer market was really growing and especially bikini competitors were really growing and that's like a lot of the fitness influencers that made Instagram like what it is um we all thought we had to eat that way <laughs> in order sweet to be potato, sweet potato tilapia and asparagus what do you mean what well, do you mean <laughs> yeah and it was just yeah. normal it was normalized yeah you know and you thought that there was something wrong with you if you couldn't stick to that girl yes i love i sorry go ahead finish. no 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 you go <laughs> no you but you just like the seasons thing just like really listen as women we are we are the expression of nature Mm-hmm. Um, in that if you look at, you know, our, our, there's a time for growth, there's a time for maintenance, there's a time for preparation and harvest, there's a time for shedding and introversion and rest and recovery. I mean, it's, that is in our biology as women. And it only makes sense that 
everything that we do should also reflect that back to us. And it's so, it's so hard because, you know, this is, I think, where the patriarchy is, patriarchy is deeply embedded. Not that, you know, men are evil and they want to control us and da, 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 some yes, but I think it's just that men created a lot of the world that we know today. And so it reflects them back to us, right? And thinking that we have to run on this 24 hour clock in perpetuity, whereas we run in a 28 day cycle and our energy levels, our hormones, our brain chemistry, everything is different from one week to the next. And I love that you brought that up because I can tell you that when I go through an emotional anything, I'm, you know, I'm deeply emotional. When I go through a heartbreak or anything that's like a massive transition, I cannot lift a weight for a few weeks. Yeah. I cannot jump for a few weeks. Yeah. I can, I can run because it, it, I feel like it expels things from me. I can, and I do a lot of yoga and I do a lot of walking and that's all my body can handle. Anything else feels like abuse to my yeah. body, you know? And then eventually my body says, all right, we've, we've, we're ready. Like, let's, let's fuck shit up. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. That was me all of um, the beginning of the grieving process for mm-hmm. my dad. It was this like 10 year, just bodybuilding. I was never bikini competitors I never thought I was good enough and I totally could but that's besides the point but I was just 10 years of just bodybuilding just being as lean as strong as possible took steroids at one point all of that and I started crying for the first time and I physically could not lift anything I couldn't squat my body weight like my muscle it was just my body like I couldn't ignore it anymore put it that way like it wasn't that my body it was the first time it was communicating. I just was finally feeling it. I, f- I felt like I just put my head back onto my body, like a headless chicken, just like kind of sewing it back on. Like, <laughs> and it was just impossible to ignore. And again, different stages, different um, physical forms that we kind of take on, different things that we crave in our life, different locations that we want to move, different content we want to create. Like everything is just a reflection of our internal. And when we get to honor that versus judging it, judging it as bad or good even, um, you know, now I can lift weight, now I'm good before I was bad. <laughs> you know, um, it just allows you to create such a deeper connection to yourself and therefore allow your content and your marketing to, to follow that. And the people who are meant to come are going to come with you, right? But when we are showing our life, we are in this place of like, but I was saying this and now I'm saying, yeah, performing almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I I was just going to say my, my friend says the quickest way into like a spiritual awakening is either through business or massive drugs. (laughs) 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 I can say facts. (laughs) But what were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, there was this theme in the beginning of our conversation about trust with the patient and trust Mm -hmm. with the client. And what this is bringing up for me right now is, you know, even as you said, like labeling things good or bad, I think that when cycles come around, when the death cycles come around or the cycles of shedding, we could call it, or needing to introvert and rest, we can fear losing control. Yes. 
and we can fear like, oh my God, if I, if I feel this sadness or like, you know, if I feel this grief, this is what's going to define me, or this is what I'm going to become. And I'm never going to get myself back. And, and listen, logically, when we're not in that place, we know that that's not what happens. But when you're on that verge and you know, it's going to be intense, that's the narrative is like, I'm scared to go into that place because I don't want it to consume me and lose and I lose control. Yes. But what I want to, um, just speaking to your, to your listeners is learn to trust that cycle and learn to trust yourself. There's so much in life that you're not going to be able to control the invitation in those times when we feel like we're going to lose control is actually to surrender and to root deeply into the self and to root deeply into whatever form of higher power or greater force you connect to, whether that's the earth and the energy coming out of the earth, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, source energy, whatever it is, it's you and that thing and trust. And through that trust, you're able to rebuild yourself, I think, in a much more true way. You know, it's, and, and, and eventually you come out of it, you know, you have that breakthrough and you come out of it and, and you realize the pattern of cycles. You know, when I was, when I was 18, actually it was like 16 to 18 that I fell into that depression. I didn't understand the cycles of like, that, that like sadness is a part of life. I just thought like I was broken because I couldn't get out of that place and I didn't have the tools and the perspectives, you know, now I'm like, thank God I lived because I can see that it's all a part of the roller coaster of life. Right. You know, it's, we're going to feel sad. Sometimes we're going to lose control. Sometimes we're going to pivot willingly or something's going to happen in life like COVID that's going to force us to pivot and it will feel like we're out of control. And the way through is to root deeply into yourself and to trust, trust yourself Mm -hmm. through it. So beautiful. Yeah. It's very true that it's either you're going to willingly do it or something's just going to bam you in the face. Yeah. Bitch, listen. (laughs) Time to (laughs) rebrand. Yeah, you know, and I think for a lot of us who identified as high achievers, who were in the medical field in some capacity, we weren't given space to feel. It was just next onto the next onto the next onto the next. You know, you got to test, you got to do well. <laughs> you know, to become a dietitian, there are a lot of dietitians on here. There's there were 10 people, 20 people in my program out of thousands of applicants, right? And just the nature of competing takes you away from yourself and you almost like observe everyone else. You're like, how can I be better than them? And that serves a purpose, but like not one that helps us truly, (laughs) you know? And ultimately all we're doing is we want to be happy. Everybody just, you want to have money so you can be happy. All those ways you can be happy. You want to do this to be happy. But when you can find that happiness outside of the external and find it internal, your external eventually reflects that, right? I always say, as you grow as a human, your business grows. As you grow as a human, your health grows. But when 
what I find when people resist, whether they're health client or business coaching client, when they resist that like brink, they, they like feel that like something's coming up and they just don't acknowledge it. And they're not capable of pushing past. I was always great at pushing past. I'd give me anything. I got that. <laughs> I got everything. <laughs> but a lot of people aren't and it prevents them from having the success that they want in their business. It prevents them from showing up in the gym the way that they want to or whatever that external a relationship you know, versus just surrendering to like, hey, I don't got this right now. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm a human and that's okay. Like we don't have those conversations in, in the health world at all, right? Especially when you're leading, when you're a professional in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a script. It's like yeah. you go to, go to school, get a degree, get a job, get married, have babies, yeah. get career success, and then you're happy. It's the American yeah. dream, right? Like it's, that's, that's the narrative. And there's not a lot of nowhere in there does it say know thyself. Yeah. It's it's not there. And and you know, I I, I have this like working theory that I kind of argue both sides, and I'm interested to know your point of view. Part of me feels like our society needs to completely change mm. and allow children from until like a, a much later age to just be children, wonder and awe, curiosity, exploration, mm -hmm. and begin actual learning at a, at a later date. Because I wish I could go back to school now. I'm like, fuck, like I, I, there's so many things I would just like love to learn about and have the space to learn about. Um, but the, and the reason I say this is because we're not, it's like in our twenties and thirties, and like in that cusp of like Saturn returns, 27 is like the, the age that I feel like people are like, wait a second, this isn't, something isn't right here. Um, how old are you? I'm 28, going to be 29. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So you're, you're, you're an odd duck. <laughs> you've done, you've done so much and come home. Um, but for me, like 27 was like, whoa, what is this? And for a lot of people, it's that. Um, and I feel like it's, that's like the real journey of coming home. Even though you've done all this studying, you've degreed so much, you've in, you're into a career and then you have to like basically experience this rebirth. So part of me feels like schooling is completely wrong. The way we run our society is completely wrong. But then part of me also feels that it's through doing those things wrong yeah. that we're actually able to realize the contrast of what doesn't feel right. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate this conversation because I'm always on the, like, school is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, feel you. And whether you are on the side of the high achiever straight A student or on the side of the rebel not going to school, the system still taught you that you weren't good enough whether you were doing the things or whether you, you know, were not my, it's interesting. My husband was a complete like delinquent in school. I call him. I don't know how <laughs> we ended up together, but it was beautiful because um, we, we balanced each other and it was very sticky for a long time and we've grown. It's beautiful. But um, I think the lessons we're meant to learn will come to us regardless of the form. So if we are meant to learn a lesson, and we have agreed whether you believe in soul contracts or any sort of previous life 
we have agreed to learn a lesson, teach each other lessons, or be a part of something in this life. Um, we will learn it regardless if it's school or something else, right? So I think the actual school itself is not necessarily the only catalyst that can cultivate this, yeah. right? Relationships do as well as like oh, health does. It's like, well, if I didn't have an eating disorder, if I didn't chase that insanely lean body and binge on a thousand M&Ms and put them into macro, a thousand calories of M&Ms and put them into my fitness pal and all this, would I have found this? And the answer is yes, I would have just done it without my fitness pal. I, I would have done it without bikini influencers. Right. You know, there, there's, the lessons will still be there. Um, you know, it's even like philosophers existed and they were talking about very similar things or, you know, in their own way. And it's just like, it's the same lessons, but our society hasn't learned. And I don't think that it's something that you can teach. It's something that that person needs to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's because it can't be, it's like coming home to yourself and, and really knowing yourself is not something that can be monetized to scale. And I think that in terms of the way our society is built, yeah. it's built to cater to scalable business models and it's capitalism, you know, it's, it's the shadow of capitalism, you know, is that you, you kind of lose what's really right for the individual. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I really, I really appreciate, you know, that answer because I, I resonate with that. I resonate with that, that school isn't, it's not the only way to realize that this isn't the right way. Yeah. 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 I like that. I, I definitely am in the sense of, I want to remove myself from society. I do have to say that and live in like a self-sustaining place. That's um, my dream. Do you want to do it with me? <laughs> Your face just lit up. Oh my god! That was my inner child there. <laughs> ah, I love that. Um, I three years ago I would have told you that you were batshit crazy if I were to ever have this conversation, let alone with you. Number one, which is cool. Thank you so much for being on here. Number two, the level of growth that can happen when you surrender to the pain, surrender to the unknown, surrender to I don't fucking know right now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not feeling shame, like having the courage to be seen there. Yeah. And not having to put on a face just because you're an Instagram influencer and, or building your influence, which we all are influencers. You show up every day. You People are watching you. They are influenced, whether it's five people or 5,000, you know? Um, but allowing yourself that that space, I think that, um, it's just necessary. And as entrepreneurs, as humans in general, fuck entrepreneurs, as humans in general, we're the only people that can give ourselves that space, yeah. you know? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm definitely down to live in a self-sustaining commune. I have a few, a few friends to my assistant, my main assistant, Ashley, um, a lot of people listening also use her, which is great. Um, but she had told me about this. I'm like, it's a what? And then I looked it up on YouTube and I was like, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. We can like live in harmony with each other. Like, Oh, we can just do what we're meant to do and connect and not live in like so far away from each other. Like I live in an apartment complex in Austin, Texas. I know like four people around me, barely. Yeah. Like that's not how we're supposed to live. No, no, right? we, need we need community. And that, that's actually something I wanted to bring up when you asked um, if I had any advice for people who are struggling with the inception stages of their business and rely on social media as like a main, a main um, avenue yeah. is that 
sorry, and I'm, I'm kind of taking this away, but I'd love to continue the conversation about a commune, but um, <laughs> so check your motives. Like sometimes we go on social media because we're lonely and entrepreneurship can be an extremely isolating experience. Um, build community outside of social media because sometimes you're just looking for connection and that's why you're on and scrolling. So having a community and a therapist or a life coach or whatever business coach, like someone who can pour into you and, and like is a container for you is just so fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Okay. So we have some themes around the health profession industry, whether nursing, dietitians, personal trainers, even, and just the necessity to incorporate more humanness and respect for the self, respect for the human nature, um, especially as women and not just going, 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 going is so, so, so important. And a lesson that we can say until we're blue in the face and you may resonate with it and there will still be experiences where you're butting heads against that. And you don't realize that that's the place for you to soften or that's the place where we're talking about. Like you might understand the concept, but when you're in it, you don't realize until you're like, oh, and then one day you're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can let go here. Yeah, I, I always talk about it with my community as like we talk about patience and surrender mm -hmm. and how patience is, you know, imagine you're a farmer and you're doing all this work and you plant all these seeds and you're like watering them, the sunlight's happening, fertilizer, blah, blah, blah. And then like you just get impatient and you just like rip all the fucking seeds up and you just, you know, like. And that's what a lot of people do when they're, you know, trying to implement systems or marketing plans or consistency or a workout regimen. They're just like, they're like, it's not working fast enough, right? Because we live in this world of like instant gratification. Yeah. And I think delaying gratification is an essential, like being able to delay gratification is an essential quality of any successful person mm. to put in the work without immediate, you know, um, success. But then there's this concept of surrender which is imagining that you're in a rapid, you're on a river, right? And you're like rowing and you're like choosing which paths you want to go down. And then all of a sudden life, AKA the river turns into a rapid and it just takes you and you can spend all of your fucking energy trying to correct course according to where you thought you wanted to go or needed to go and row and try to, you know, control the river or you can just put the paddle down and look around and observe and meet the depths of yourself or that experience extract the lessons um and and embrace being on a new path mm. yeah i love that explanation of like you can try and just fight that rapid or you can just surrender because you're not fucking winning that. There's nothing to win. It's only to, to just go, to be, right? And the more you fight the cycle and try and fix it, it it's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly love this conversation because it's, it's just so real yet kind of so abstract. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I'm like, I'm, I'm here, like I'm here for it. And I'm yeah. sure everyone else is going to be like, yes, like this is what I haven't been able to put into words. Yeah. 
a hundred percent and it's it's hard to find people who are willing to speak so rawly rawly yeah mm-hmm. so raw <laughs> about like your just experience as a human and what it's actually like it's not about the success you can either I always teach my clients like you can either uh change your relationship to it or just stop chasing the thing and I usually like to just redefine the way we relate to it like if success in terms of consistency let's say on social media which is a massive one for people who have small followings I've had a small following the whole time but um it's just like this gratification of I post and I have to do this I have to receive this in order to feel worthy of continuously posting versus like I have something really fucking important to share and when I share that that's fucking success whether it's my mom and my grandma who like it or it's 5,000 people right and posting for a or doing the thing not even for success but doing the thing just to have that thing like that thing means for you means something for you and i i I, I feel that for me with like guitar where it's just like you play and it's just like this like raw acousticness and like you quote unquote mess up and you're just like we're just gonna keep that in there and like the just joy that you feel from you when you play that I feel like the world is just missing that whole creative side or the I just get to do something to do yeah yeah it's like needing more like raw unproduced unmasked moments yeah thank you for for that um I wanted to do music first of all I've always wanted to do music and I was always too scared to but I wanted to share that part of my journey because I feel like there's so many things that we wanted to do as children or explore as children. And like, if we couldn't do them perfectly, or if we didn't have space to like master them, like we just put it away. And it's been, it's been a way to like reconnect with my inner child and the part of me that's a dreamer. And that's like an expressive woman, (laughs) you know? Um, So, so yeah, thank you for that. That means a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I felt that way about all the instruments I played. Mm -hmm. I started piano. My mom kind of put me into it when I was seven. It was right after my dad passed away as like this thing, like keep the children busy because they can't cry. (laughs) I can't cry. My mom didn't cry. It was just this whole non-emotionalness around this massive loss in my family. And piano just became that thing where it was just like for me. And it was beautiful and I loved it. I didn't obviously know why I was forced into it and pushed into it, but it was just this thing that I explored. It quickly became like I started performing. I was the kid in school who was really good at piano. And then, you know, you learn the recorder. I don't know if that's where you grew up to, but like we learned the recorder. <laughs> Weirdest instrument in the fucking world. <laughs> but it's plastic and it's cheap and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I was really good at that. And then, you know, I, I played saxophone for a while. I went to performing arts high school. I learned cello. Then I went to study it in, in college as well. I was a science major and a music major. And I was just like, this is a fucking waste of time. I shouldn't do this. It's not going to make me money. Became a dietitian, six plus figures in debt and didn't make me money either until I created a film Pick whichever new you want. Pick your voice. Yeah, but it's like we, we lose that spark. Just for fun. You know what I mean? And 
Yeah. Even when something starts out as fun, whether it's your business or a musical instrument or fitness, it can easily turn into something that you have to do to be this person versus this really nourishes my soul and it's for me and whatever if I sound like a fucking cracking duck it's great if I get one like it's fucking great like just doing it because it's important to you yeah yeah that success you know yeah Do, do you have you um gotten back into music piano yeah I I paid a spiritual I worked with a spiritual coach for a little over a year and that was the source of like me being held in a container for the first time where I could express everything oh. that I didn't know needed to be expressed yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's how it be yeah and um I had not played the piano for so long after um I had just decided on the science track because it didn't serve that same purpose it wasn't productive in the way that I define productivity and success and it was this like hard thing to go back to because it was such a tool for me to process that I had stopped processing for so long. And it was like, I just used to like sit in front of the keys and I would scream and I'm like, I don't fucking know how to do this. I've been playing it forever. And it was just this like massive emotional thing to get back to it. So it was very interesting how something that's just like something you're good at, something I'd already like, I don't master it, I don't really know, but something I'm really fucking good at even once you're really good at getting back to it can still be difficult when there's that emotional aspect to it, you know? And, um, so long story short, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, okay. That makes me, that makes me very, very happy to hear. Yeah. Guitar has actually been on my list of things like acoustic guitar has been on my list of things to do. Um, yeah. And just that singer songwriter vibe is something that I, I think I'm going to just start teaching myself. Yeah. Versus like having someone teach you and be the best at it and be their best student and all that stuff, you know? Good for you. Good for you. No, I, I totally am on that same tip. Like I, there's so much music in me that I feel like I want to express. And, and I feel like when you train your brain to work in like systems and monetizing your value, you, there can be like this pressure that you put on yourself of like, I need to go get a coach or I need to be the best or I need to learn how to monetize it or I need to do it the way that these other people are doing it versus like just speaking and singing and playing your truth yeah. you know whether that's the depths of despair which it usually is to be honest <laughs> the way art works for me it's like when I feel the most called to write a song or to play it's like I'm in my shit you yeah. know and that's the only thing that makes sense to me in that in that um space but yeah. But yeah, I think art, art and expression are a way to honor. I, I have, I have deep respect for artists because they, especially songwriters, because they immortalize in the process of immortalizing that human experience, they move through it. Mm. And it's like where most people are trying not to experience the full gamut of what it means to be a human. Mm. Artists are just like, yo, we in this motherfucker, you know? And I'm like, yeah. goals. <laughs> yeah, so successful artists. It's yeah. the same thing with like comedians, like successful in the way that we deem success, right? It's like the same thing with comedians. I think Kevin Hart had talked about like when he first started, he was just like telling funny things. Mm. When he started to really dig deep into... <laughs> like making fun out of like really awful situations, but that were very true for him. And like learning to express that in a specific way to connect to people, like that's when his career took off, mm. you know? And it's just like, again, comedy is a very interesting thing, different thing, but, but still you're monetizing your story in yeah. some way. 
right? And that in order to do that well, you need to experience it and not push it down. So as entrepreneurs, as humans, like we, we get to feel everything. And just because you cried, you can't make money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the contrary. I mean, it humanizes you to yeah. your, your, to your community and your following. And I also understand like the flip side of that, of like not wanting to be ironically, like not wanting to take up too much space, even though like your people are following you to hear and see what's going on in your life. But like also, yeah, I suppose like having emotional boundaries and like not wanting to take up too much space um, and not wanting to be overly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's why for me, what I try to do is not come on when I'm in the depths of my emotion, but once I've garnished some type of takeaway to offer yeah. of like, yo, I was like, his, I literally just made a story before I came on with you where like, I imploded this past weekend. Like there's part of my business that's ending and I'm, I have been like in denial, like total denial of like this thing ending. And cause I've been just been like, I, wanna, I don't want to go in that water. I don't want to go in that water. I know it's going to be intense. I know it's going to be cold and then it's going to get really, really fucking hot and I don't want to go. <laughs> and I finally just like did, I did. And you know, it, it, I wasn't able to like be present. I had no value to give mm -hmm. this weekend. So I just was not really on social. And then today I was like, yo, here's, uh, this is where I was and here's the takeaway, you know? And, and, I, and, and also just like, this is human. Yeah. By the way, it doesn't make you wrong. Like this actually means that you're living an open hearted life. Like I always tell my community, you want to live a more conscious life. You want to live a more aware life. There's a lot of plus to that, but there's a shadow side to everything. There is, that's just the way the universe works. So the shadow side of living a more aware, receptive, open-hearted life is that you are vulnerable to feeling everything. Yeah. It's just part of it. You gotta embrace it. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, before I ask you my final question, yeah. Is there anything that you want to leave my community off with in terms of um, just anything that we spoke about, anything that's on your heart? Just don't give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. If something, if you have a calling inside of your heart and when you like tune in that, that those words or that calling action words path whatever it is however it manifests inside of you if you always hear it and feel it don't give up on it or yourself mm. just because the path to it is difficult or harder than you thought it was going to be or different than you thought it was going to be it's not a sign that that thing isn't for you if that thing is inside of you and you guys know what I'm talking about, like that thing that vibrates inside of your chest, you know, um, don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. That's, that's all. I love that. I, I term it the thing that gives you the sweaty vagina feeling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be all poetic and you're just like, <laughs> sweaty vagina. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. It's, it's how I roll. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. That. Yeah. It's, it's, difficult it's only difficult because you're thinking that it should have gone a certain way right 
Girl, it is the judgment that creates the resistance. It is the judging of it, good, bad. Like this is just the journey. It's just the journey. Root into trust and learn to enjoy the ups and the downs, the roller coaster Mm -hmm. of life. I love that. Okay. Um, I always ask my audience or anybody that comes in the podcast two questions. Yeah. Um, one is what do you, because it's called the Just Keep Thriving podcast. Okay. Um, it's the journey of thriving. It's the journey of experiencing everything that life has um, and finding the, the joy and the gratitude in it, right? Um, what do you feel like society needs to truly thrive? That's the most loaded question you've asked me in this two hours, woman. (laughs) What does society need to thrive? We need to all go to therapy. We need to all heal our trauma. And we need to learn to heal the wounds that are in us individually because then it will heal the collective. Mm-hmm. men as at you know you see it as women are stepping into their true power not trying to be men but women who are genuinely stepping in stepping into what it means to be a powerful female feminine i should say the feminine powerful feminine energy you see in tandem the masculine energy starting to heal as well and that everything is connected so i feel like we need to like destigmatize therapy and we need to cherish our therapists more or people, coaches, um, people who are tapped into this type of work and who are holding space for people to unpack these vulnerabilities, these wounds. Because once we learn to relate to ourselves better and connect to ourselves more authentically, that will reflect in our work, that will reflect in our businesses, that will ref- begin to like influence society. You know, you see it in, in businesses that led the charge in, in eco-conscious practices and eco-conscious products. And now the government's like, okay, like time to get on board, right? But that happened because humans woke up, woke healed themselves and realized that the planet is hurting because we're hurting. The masculine is hurting because the feminine is hurting. It's all, it's all together. So go to therapy, everyone. That's my takeaway. <laughs> that's so beautiful and um last question for you is what currently like in your current life way of being just helps you thrive therapy no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding um what helps me thrive i'm gonna say relationships um I was a lone wolf for some time, especially when I started my spiritual journey. I kind of like uh, went on this path of like minimalism, including people. I was just like, I need to just like, and 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 that serves a purpose, I think, for people to learn who they are without so much relating. But right now I've realized um, it goes back to the thing about relationship with social media or relationship with anything. Being in relation is a great way to learn about ourselves. You know, it's a great way to grow. It's easy to be a healthy, healthy functioning human when you have no relationships. All of your time is spent with you. Um, Nothing triggers you, you know, but it's, it's when we're in relation that we're actually able to learn what love is, learn what 
we learn who we are through the mirrors that are reflected back to us. So I would say just opening myself up to relationships, both in my business and personal, just being seen. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on this extended podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at right now? Uh, it's but, like dinner time. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing everything. I will link all of Nicole's stuff down below. Um, is there anywhere besides Instagram that you would like me to link down below or inform them of? Um, nope, all my links are in my... Um, in that link, that clickable link on, on Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. And You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys. And uh, yeah, sending good vibes your way. <laughs>